So, lights, what's happening in Paranoia? Um, the Emperor came, but maybe he didn't. And then he got killed, but that was definitely not him. But a different guy, that was probably also not him, was there and said, good job, and pat me on the back. That is correct. And what happened since then? Uh, nothing? Nothing. That's the answer I'm looking for. Don't worry okay. about it. Okay. Uh, nothing has happened because I haven't actually run the next thing because I, well, lots of reasons. <laughs> I never know how you edit this thing. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, so instead, we get filler. We love filler. Look, I don't know. Again, I don't know what the anything is, so I don't know how much filler you've been producing. A little bit. Not not too much. All right. You know, last time I did filler, I was uh, reading about some more secret societies and just sort of talking about them and what the book says and what I do with them. Um, and I was doing that with Ram last time. I figured we'll do it with someone else this time. And last time, no, specifically, what, we... Uh, what society was Ram in? Oh, that's a good question. Well, we, we're going through them kind of alphabetically. Um, mm-hmm. So we talked about uh, uh, Computer see, Freaks, the Corporal Metal. Uh, no, so I already did the A's and B's a while ago. Well, um, I'm trying to think of who you've done before me. In, uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, you'll never know. Um, so we got to Frankenstein Destroyers, and we skipped that because uh, I thought that would be more appropriate for you. Because Ram, apparently, uh, so he claims has never been in them. I cannot um, disprove that. Yeah. And so, what do you think about the Frankenstein Destroyers? Lights, totally, totally out of character, separate from this campaign. Um, I don't know. I feel like they're one of the more standard uh, secret societies. Like I, I feel like the generic secret society is that there is a group in Alpha Complex and they're fuckers and you got to get them. And this is one yeah, of those. There are there are a lot of societies that boil down to that, or or purge, which is there are groups in Alpha Complex and they're fuckers. Yeah, I guess initially I was thinking uh, that they would be more just bot smashing, but then when we chose your sub faction, I tried to think of some interesting stuff. So I think I've introduced um, a wider variety of of characters, although maybe. Honestly, maybe we haven't done quite enough just, like, Smash Robot, but I feel like most of your missions have been Smash Robot, so, I don't know. Um, I feel like uh, uh, the most straightforward thing would usually just be Smash Robot, but um, usually you like to have the twist. You're a man I do who's love twisty. twists. I'm a twisty guy. Yeah. Sometimes it's Smash Robot, question mark? Sometimes it's just Determined Robot. Determined Robot. Yeah. Let's see. I think I I don't think I need to cover very much of this because this is, as you know, a society that we've we've really talked about a lot. We've spent a lot of time on recognition signals, actually, and uh, and and regulations and friends and enemies. Obviously, you know, enemies are corporal metal. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much it. Um, in the sense that like. That's what the Frankenstein Destroyers want to get rid of. But the Frankenstein Destroyers end up having lots of people not like them because they smash robots. Protect does not like the Frankenstein Destroyers, although as long as they're not using robots, they're, you know, Frankenstein Destroyers don't really care if Protect's doing something else. I mean, I feel like one of the things is, um, in Alpha Complex, uh, robots are so ubiquitous that if you're a guy that wants to smash robots, you're inconveniencing everybody, basically. Yes, yeah. You are inconveniencing basically every person. That is, that's kind of the problem, is everyone hates them because... It's just, um, you, you know, you compare that to something like the anti mutants, where everybody's like, you know, at best they tolerate mutants because they're helpful. But I do think that the anti mutant propaganda does work 
on pretty much everybody to some extent. Yeah. Um, so you can get away with a lot when you're smashing mutants. But not, not quite as much when you're smashing robots. Yeah. I'd say that, you know, in terms of... Uh, yeah, yeah, this is a medium difficulty smash somebody, as opposed to the easy mode of the anti-mutants and the hard mode of Purge, who smashes everybody. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Um, so let's talk about some more. Let's see now. Have you ever been in The Humanists? No. Well, uh, what do you think about The Humanists? You've seen some humanists, surely. Um, oh god, they are so forgettable, I might be confusing them with somebody else, but they're the guys that think robots should serve humans, right? Yes. Um, they, I... I don't know. I, I feel like they're clowns. You they're either clowns? they're clowns. You either smash a robot or you support the robot. But you can't just be like, "Oh man, I'm a moderate guy. I think that robots are cool, but I feel like they should know their place." Like I feel like that's a boring middle group. Well, I, I mean, they're they're. I think they, regardless of how they actually uh, implement it, they kind of have the right idea, which is that I think that Frank Computer was not supposed to have quite as much power over us as it currently does, you know? Um, um, I've never actually interacted with that aspect of the humanists. Usually it's just them being clowns getting owned by other secret societies. Well, yes. Yeah, it's, it, you know, normally most members of a secret society cannot um, succinctly describe the philosophy and goals and history of that society. That's that's sort of how Alpha Complex works. There are very few members of societies can do that, in fact. So most of the time, humanists are just sort of like pouting at robots while the Frankenstein destroyers are trying to uh, kill them. And everyone else is trying to be nice to them, maybe? Question mark. Yeah. I'd say that's pretty succinct. Let's, let's move on to something that you, you're maybe a little bit more familiar with. Let's talk about, let's talk about the mystics. You know, you've, have, you've had some mem- more memorable encounters with the mystics, I think, haven't you? Um, as far as I, they haven't really come up for you in this campaign, but uh, you typically just play them as like a bunch of stoner dudes that may or may not have advanced psychic powers as a result of being spiritually attuned or whatever. Yeah, I'd um, say that's pretty accurate. I I do. Do you feel uh, like I could be doing more with them? Is that what you? I feel like if or? you want a joke, secret society, that the romantics are always funnier. Um. <laughs> And I think that really hurts the mystics. Yeah. And that I, um, the, they, they are a joke society. Like, they, they do not have uh, overarching plans. You don't, you can't really give them a mission statement. They just kind of, like, want to chill out, play some drums, and sing hymns. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mention that. I think in the... I I don't actually remember this. Like, don't, don't quote me on this. But in the newer versions of Paranoia, specifically maybe in the newest one, I think they folded some secret societies into each other because they were kind of redundant. And I think the mystics just got folded into maybe romantics or maybe someone else. Um, because in, in many senses, they really don't have a lot of, um, they don't have a lot going on, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like there are a couple of secret societies, um, like the Sierra Club, where it's like, I don't really know how you can work them in, aside from like giving it to a player as a joke. You know, I think, actually, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think that Sierra Club actually uh, is the not-joke society of the joke societies. Like, it's the one that secretly, it's actually not a joke. Uh, like, nature, uh, plants and animals, like, bio studies, not just like the haha bioweapons, but like... 
Sierra Club, there's a lot that there's a lot going on there, you know, with with biology and like what's the biology of humans compared to all these other things that used to exist or maybe still do exist somewhere in a secret tank in some ultraviolet zoo. I guess I've just never interacted with a high enough level uh, Sierra Club guy that that would pop up because usually they're just like bug inspectors. You know, we did we had a we had a um, former player who was Sierra Club in campaign two. And I think I did a pretty good job there. It's a shame that I guess that particular plotline didn't get further along. But I had a I had a nature ranger who was who was divvying up all the new recruits into into different groups, and we had uh, the the player got assigned into the the bug group, so all their missions were bug related. But then uh, they were going to get promoted to to different animals on the hierarchy. And yep. you might remember this, but at one point I I gave them um, an IOU. I haven't like really done that quite as much in this campaign. There was sort of something I tried in the previous one where like, instead of the other rewards that you've been getting now, you would just get like tickets that you would sort of redeem for something to happen in the mission. Um, Is that the reason why you got bug grenades one mission? The grenades filled with bugs? I think so, actually. Maybe. It sounds like an IOU. Uh, But specifically, I had uh, an IOU where they could, they could snap their fingers and a lion would be released like wherever, wherever you guys are. Uh, and I'm so sad that they never used that, because I thought that would have been really funny. Um, um, I don't know. I feel like we have mostly gotten to the mindset of use it or lose it, um, which is good. Because... Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, that is actually, I think, why I changed it, is because people would hoard these things and never do anything with it. So instead, I really want to just give people stuff that's going to affect the game. So either just give them skill points, give them money, or just like... Put an item literally into your hand and say, you're holding this now. You can't, cause like, people, people would have like an IOU for something illegal and they'd never take it cause they're like, well, once it's mine, I can't put it back. So I don't want to be caught with it. So I'm not, I'm not going to take it. And then you're stuck at, in a submarine at the bottom of the ocean and you're like, I wish I had that thing, but I can't get it because, uh, you know, nobody can get to me. I don't know. I actually kind of like the idea of, um, uh, you can cash it in, uh, whenever you feel like it's safe because it is illegal to have because, uh, my giant electrical chainsaw sword. I just kind of like brandished that fairly openly, and I've never really been, you know, hit for anything with that, which surprises me. I don't feel like you brandish it openly. Like when you're when you're um, brandishing it, it's usually when you're on like non official business, like going to punch some robots. Or um... I mean, I guess I do not use it as much as you know all the time, but I do feel like I use it enough that I should. Be nervous that I've used it so much, you know. Believe me, if 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 you had used it in front of somebody who who would know what the hell is going on, I, I definitely would have pinged you for it. I don't think you have. Um, I can't think of being pinged. Like you know, most of the fights where you're with an actual high-ranking citizen who might know that you're not supposed to have that either ends with that citizen dying uh, or you not using it. You know what I remember? What's that? I got an IOU, which was just like at any point, at any time, you can have a guy show up and punch somebody and try to beat them to death yeah. with their bare fists. Yeah. And like two seconds after you gave that to me, um, that player that we were just talking about in Sierra Club um, said something that pissed me off. And I just said, <laughs> all right, I'm hiring the guy to punch her right now. Yeah. And then they just, wait, I thought it was bees that you hired to punch. Um, well, it, was it, it doesn't bees? matter, but, but it you doesn't... used it immediately. You used it immediately. I, I, I do remember that. And it just derailed it, everything because... People thought it had something to do with the mission. And that was kind of fun, is that people could call in, like, NPCs. I think I kind of missed that. I think I would 
looking back, like, I would change it so that, like, you can call in NPCs more often. Have that be a reward. Um, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I'm mad that Lion never got released. Yeah. I, I've sort of tried to do that with henchmen. Um, and they've come up sometimes. But I think that that's too much to ask people to manage reasonably. Um like, it's it's cool for, like, the idea of, like, doing stuff behind the scenes and sending them maybe to go do something for you or help you with something. But in terms of, like, actually doing stuff in a mission, you don't want this guy following you around most of the time. So maybe I should, instead of, ha- like, if I, in, in retrospect of this campaign, I'm already doing a postmortem, so you know I'm close to wrapping this bullshit up. Um, I, I definitely would have changed henchmen to the idea of you can call in uh, a, a, a discreet mechanic to sabotage something or work on something for you or you can call in a assassin or you can call in a you know, you know what my suggestion would be what's that uh give him a card with like a list of three guys and you can call them in for like 10 minutes of doing something and they just mm-hmm. appear and do that 10 minutes of whatever you told them to do yeah pretty much that i think that would work um oh man yeah i'm getting totally off topic but i think what i was going to say is i think that it's good to have um butt of the joke societies and i think that there might be too many like there might just be too many societies in this game but i think that's kind of fun because as a new player there's there's absolutely too many for you to understand what's going on and that's that's very funny when you have new players and old players and having an oversaturation of stuff to throw at people i think helps with that and it helps keep things fresh you know um I'm okay. going to be revealing knowledge that you're going to kick me from the game for having, but um, oh, no. I am aware of a secret society in one of the newer versions. What's um, that? And what they are is a secret society where, like, some guy says, I'm, like, formerly an ultraviolet. Um, I'm going to make Alpha Complex great again if you just follow me and do whatever I say. Oh. Um, and I, I assume that there's multiple versions of the society with that gimmick, with people that are probably not, have never been ultraviolets, are varying degrees of crazy, have varying degrees of uh, actual useful ideas. Mm. And, you know, it's just people trying to get on the ground floor of being a sycophant for these people in the hopes that when Alpha Complex is remade, they'll be at the top. Yeah, there are a couple of secret societies that are not, like, on, on the default, not not um, not to be revealed to players except under special circumstances. And some of them are things like, um, you know, special little, little spy groups that don't necessarily have a name that you would make up or, you know, interesting Illuminati. things like that. Yeah, or the Illuminati. Do you think that the Illuminati exists? I rolled it as one of my potential secret societies. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting that. So I'm going to have to say, probably not. I think it's all just like a huge uh, alpha complex psyop. Right. Well, wouldn't a huge psyop basically be Illuminati? Um, I feel like if it's a psyop that's working for Friend Computer, then it's not a secret society. It's just a secret service. Hmm. I guess that's fair. Uh, let's see. Protech. I don't think you've been in Protech, but you've certainly had a lot of encounters with them. Yeah. Protech are... They're pretty simple. They're not really a, a Smash X group, as you as you put it earlier, but they're just a We Like X group, which there's a lot of those, too. There's a We Like Robots. There's a We Like Tech. People get those two mixed up, honestly. Um, I mean, uh, the, the way that I like to think about it is Corporate Metal wants to turn into Adam Smasher. Um yeah. And uh, Protech just wants to be like Star Trek guys that have like a phaser that just dematerializes you. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, there's, there's a lot of overlap, but I feel like aesthetically there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of Protech members um, are 
maybe nerds. Yes, uh, maybe jaded enough by technology that they're like, I'm not putting that shit in my brain. You know, no I way, disagree. no how. I think that the average guy would be like lining up to put a chip in their brain. Um, well, what they okay. would not do is put on like an arm cannon. That's that's a that's a core metal thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as you said, there is there is some overlap. I think there's definitely uh, protech members that would get implants, but they don't believe that that robot bodies are necessarily the 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 only solution. You know, that said, they do get along with core metal most of the time. It's pretty rare that they actually would fight. And the, the same goes for a lot of societies like uh, computer freaks. It's pretty rare, pretty rare, rare that computer freaks would actually fight pro tech. Um, they sort of bridge the gap between all the tech societies. Like computer freaks and corpore metal, they don't really get along that well. Um, too much, too much griefing potential. Uh, whereas, you know. I mean, computer freaks are like little goblins, and it's like people will tolerate goblins. They will hire goblin mercenaries, but you know, you'll never really be friends with the goblin. Hmm. <laughs> I think I think one of the like worst but best gags that I pulled was, um, do you remember in Mission One? Do you remember Melvin, the nerd? Yes. Yes, I do remember Melvin, Melvin the Nerd. He was kind of obviously like in Protech. It, it didn't really have any um, bearing on the mission that he's in Protech. But I try to make sure that pretty much every NPC is in at least one secret society because you never know if the players are going to figure it out somehow. And then like you could just turn them in if you wanted to and get some points, you know. Um, I don't think we ever but, really do that. I feel like no, you we're really messy. don't. You really don't. I, I I guess that's okay, you know. Um, like. There's so much shit that you can do in paranoia. You can't. You can't. You can't encourage your players to do all of it because they're going to forget about the other stuff. The same could be said of pretty much any tabletop game. Like you know, sure. In 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 fantasy games, like you know, there's there's cool stuff you could do. Like oh, you have a title now, and you could uh, do some stuff with this land or hire some people, or it's like. But then you start getting into mechanics like that, and you're going to start forgetting some of the other stuff that you were even doing in the first place. You know, um, um, I could not imagine playing you know, your elf game like D&D and being like, ah, I've hit level 10. I'm a landed noble with an apprentice. It's time for me to begin working the farm, which yeah, there are well, rules for. You can do that, but like that's psycho <laughs> behavior to me. That I think that is psycho behavior in some ways, but like, I think there's a lot of very interesting stuff with city building. I actually had planned some sort of city building stuff with one campaign, oh, I'm aware. but I never did it. I'm aware of the very complicated apprent like management thing that you wanted me to run. I can do a Minesweeper game. I can do that, but I can't manage apprentices. Oh, what, you mean in this paranoia? Yeah. Uh, no, that's actually not what I was referring to. It was in um, oh my the God, last time there's... we played D&D. Yeah, I know. This, well, this this one's more just because I think it's funny to um, put you in charge of a bunch of shit that you can't handle and see what happens. I'm glad. Um, I just I just assumed that the whole gimmick was like... Lights is a terrible leader, but he's in a leader position, and he doesn't know anything that's going on. And just let's see what happens. Yeah, you know, I mean, like you, you do, you're doing a pretty, pretty good job, I think. Um, I, you, know, I, you fake it till you, you make it, you know. You haven't killed every single person, you know. You haven't been executed by your secret society. That's that's good. That's I got good. a pat on the back from the emperor asterisk. The emperor question mark. <laughs> you know, I do think that what just happens is they just like have a fake emperor come by and see who takes a shot at it. Yeah, uh, to determine 
you know, how corrupted or uh, otherwise compromised that cell is. That's a pretty good theory. That's a pretty good theory. Um, what was I going to say? I think I was talking about ProTech at one point. Building fortresses in D&D. Um, what? Game mechanics. Uh, oh, yeah, Melvin. <laughs> Melvin. Um, <laughs> do you remember how, like... Um, you you might not remember this line at all. I know Ram will remember it. Uh, but, like, Ram said something, and Melvin said, like, wow, did you know that number is the same number as the number of this gun prototype that was never released? I do remember that line, somehow. For some reason, I remember that vividly in my brain. Yeah, probably because Ram, like, lost his fucking mind that this guy would say that, because it was so fucking stupid. But I actually, you know, I didn't write that line down. But what I wrote down in my notes was that pick a time when someone says, like, a number with two digits or more next to Melvin. And Melvin will say, hey, did you know about... Uh, and then, like, some kind of device with that number in its name that I would just make up on the spot. And that's how that happened. Um, and I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of that. Because, like, I was like, how do I get someone to, like, say part of a thing's name so he can correct them? So that you immediately get the sense that this is a really fucking pocket protector dickhead who just, like, will will talk about the most inane shit while you're trying to solve your troubleshooter mission here. And I realized that I didn't have to do that. I just had to to make up a thing based on what you said. And I highly encourage everyone to do that. Make up shit. It's okay. I, nobody cares. If if you're playing a game like Paranoia and someone corrects you, one of your players corrects you, you kill them. But unironically, like you can just you can just say like how would you how would you know that about the rule book? And that's like the funny running gag. If someone in D and D, if you if you have a monster in D and D. And some guy pushes up their fucking glasses, like in a fucking anime, and says, uh, actually, you know, based on the stats of this monster, it's clearly an XYZ, which doesn't have the power, you know, ZWF uh, that you're implying it does. So I don't think that's correct. Kill them. Yeah. Like, have, no, no, you're, that... you're 100% correct. Um, there are definitely parts where when I was running campaigns, um, I'd look at a monster and I'd say, I don't like these stats. I'm changing them. Yes. And usually it was making them weaker because you look at a monster and you're like, God, I don't want to use level four monsters. I want to use cool monsters. Let's just grab one of these, I don't know, night skitters and just scale it down a little bit and throw it in. That's scale cool. Just scale it down a bit. Yeah. If someone if someone says that your monster is inaccurate, say, ah, oh, you're correct. That monster is inaccurate because they take off their, their clown wig and mask and reveal that they're actually Grognor, the Im- impenetrable wizard of death and he kills you but before he kills you he says good job on pointing me out and then he leaves and then another monster that's identical to the one that was there before replaces it now we're going to continue the game um i just i find that kind of behavior just like so intolerable so the point is like you can just make up a magic weapon and say you know well no its ability does something else because i want it to do something else and you know sometimes your players will have valid Complaints. Sometimes your player might say, I think that that might be unbalanced, you know, because I think that if I did this, then it would allow me to attack 500 times. And then you can say, you know what, you're right. I'm going to change that a little bit. Just roll with it for now. You know, I'll workshop it. But like, just, just, just make up the names of shit. It's fine. You know, it doesn't matter if the lore of your 
monster manual or, or magic item book ends up being kind of different than the other campaigns. It's fine. It doesn't matter. You know, I used to get really anal about this, but like... I just... am going to say something, the most controversial thing we're ever going to say on this podcast. Uh-oh. <laughs> Considering that... what, what I've been editing out recently, I don't know if that's a good idea. Um, I'm going to defend the fourth edition of Dungeons & Dragons. Uh-oh. <laughs> that they had an idea called monster scaling, uh, which allowed you to pretty easily change a monster's level up or down, um, like three levels. And I'd say go even further than that. Um, you're the guy making a monster. You can have it do whatever you want. If you want the strongest dudes in the nation to be centaurs, then go for it. Centaurs are rad. Just just be, I don't know, consistent? Yeah. And if you don't feel like being consistent, just give them some player class levels, and that's good enough. Tony, um... I happen to have a monster manual right here. This is from 3.5. Uh, suck my dick. It was popular when I played it. Um, and, you know, I think what you're saying is right. I always look through this and I'm like, these monsters are cool. These abilities are cool. Are all ethereal filters fifth level? Except if you give them a character class? I mean... Um, but, like, that's, that's Pathfinder weird, isn't it? Pathfinder um, introduced me to the concept of just making shit up when they had monster modifiers. Yeah. Um, so, that just... was a good idea, although it ended up being so fucking complicated. It was stupid, but um, I will never stop thinking it was immensely funny to put uh, Mithril plated onto a Hydra and just throw it at you guys. Uh, oh no, all Hydra. of his weaknesses all of his weaknesses are now complete. Did we actually beat that or did we just leave? Because I don't remember beating it. Um, you, you basically wailed on it enough that it uh, basically didn't want to fight to the death. Uh, it was mm. just like a guard dog functionally. And not a very good one, apparently. Uh, but, like, the weirdest thing to me, I think, is, like, Noel is in this book. And they have two hit dice. And it's just, like, why? Gnolls are basically, like, a player, like, They're, race. Yeah, like, it's like, you, you Like, that's have... like saying, all orcs, here's your orcs stat block. And I don't think they do that yeah. anymore. And, like, I, I, they, they have some stuff here. Like, specifically, it says, like, organization. Like, this is, like, how you would encounter them. Like, Two to five uh, is a band. Ten to a hundred plus fifty nine combatants plus one third level sergeant plus twenty adults, uh, or per twenty adults, sorry, and one leader of fourth to sixth level. Uh, it's like okay, is is a tribe, and it's like I, I see what you're doing here. Like you're saying, like this is like the sort of the average maybe, but it just doesn't seem right to be using like this sort of weird system where the player races don't have hit dice like they, they the classes have hit dice but the null has hit dice that are d8 yeah similarly well, i i get so mad that like something like a mind flare just has a generic stat block because mind flares yeah, there should be so many different types of mind flares with so many different types of specializations because they are like a super player class or player race they should be able to kick your ass as a wizard. They should be able to kick your ass as, you know, the generic scion. You know, give them some martial abilities. I want to see a mind flayer just, like, pull out the four axes and get ready to kick your ass. So, like, I think that, like, maybe sort of, like, what you were supposed to do in this edition, and maybe in other editions, I don't know, is, like, maybe it's trying to say, this is the base of what this monster would be without any training. And you can add whatever classes, NPC or PC classes you want to make it stronger. But the problem is, if you actually do that, you don't have a book of level 
1 to level 20 monsters. You have a book of level 5 to level 25 monsters. Everything is skewed to shit because you have to add a bunch of class levels in order to make the monsters unique, different from each other in any way. I don't even so do that anymore. I just, I just make up stats. I'm done adding class levels to stuff. Yeah, like I actually like I stopped doing that at a certain point in my games. I what I here here's what I actually like. People people think like, oh, it takes so much work to game master. It 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 really doesn't. You can make up shit as much as you want. The only problem is getting caught. If you want mysteries and overarching plots, you need to avoid getting caught, and you need to be really good at that. But like, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you how to make an encounter real fast. Uh, open book lich too strong. Uh, werewolf okay. Werewolf stats. It's probably got something like this. Uh, so I'm gonna say, uh, but I'm not. I'm not even gonna read it. I'm not gonna read it. Look at the abilities, like the really unique ones. Don't look at the stats. And then put it put it in the game. Just say, hey, it's a werewolf. And the players are like, oh my god, it's a werewolf. We're gonna do combat with it. And then have your player roll. And you you probably will know like the average numbers that your player are rolling. You know, ideally. Uh, so like if the, it's like okay I got a seventeen to hit and you're like yeah that's that's like good for my players I'm gonna look at this I'm gonna look at what armor class oh the where no that's a wear rat what the fuck yeah I I, I pulled open by ds d twenty srd and it goes like wear rat wear boar wear tiger wear bear where's the wolf right at the okay, bottom the wolf. it's alphabetical it's at the bottom of the <laughs> werewolf section the section's called werewolf why are you doing this it's um, alphabetical buddy. Armor class is 16. This is only one monster. They're just fighting one werewolf. So if 17 is good for your players to hit, and this is a 16, that's probably, yeah, that's a that's a correct stat. You hit. Okay, I dealt, I, we're, we're going to split the timelines here. Like, the guy says, I dealt six damage. That's a lot. I look at the werewolf health. It's 20 health. I say, yeah, that is a lot. It looks like you did a, you, you, you sliced them real bad. They, they're not like half health or anything, but they're, they're injured, is what I would say. If the player says, I did 26 damage. That's a lot for me. I look at the health. It says 20 HP. I say, yeah, that's a good hit. You know, that's, it's no, they're not a half health, but they're, <laughs> they're pretty injured. It's like, cause, because if, if that's what your players are doing, that's what your players are doing. I, I don't know how the fuck you ended up that way. If your players uh, are doing 26 fine. damage. It's fine level. as long as one guy's been doing 26 damage and the other guys are doing six damage. Then, then you have a real problem. Um, that, um, that requires more work. Uh, these games are a work. collaborative effort, and if one guy is making it harder for five guys to enjoy it, you just gotta take them behind the shed. Yeah, um, that's that's the kind of thing is when you when your players know what the fuck they're doing, you also kind of have to know what the fuck you're doing. But if your players don't know anything about the game system, you don't have to know anything. You just have to know about how to tell a nice story. Yeah, I'm looking at this werewolf stat block, and it's like you know what they don't give him is a leap attack, like. Every single werewolf in media like jumps and like mauls a guy, and they don't have it. So just give it to him. Just give him a charge attack. Yeah, give him a special charge attack. Say, uh, you, uh, this is a great tip. If you ever do an attack and you're like, that attack was too strong. Uh, I'm going to kill my players if I keep doing this. And they know it, and they're going to know that I'm fudging if it becomes weaker. Then um, do another attack, and when they point it out, say... No, the previous attack was its charge attack that it does at the start. Didn't I mention that? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mention that. Um, on the other hand, if it's too weak, say, okay, well... Uh, now it's mad. Now it's going to take... Get... Now it's good. Yeah, it's enraged. Or, you know, now it's going to... Now that since it's standing next to you, it's going to take a full action to suck your dick right off. You know? Just... 
Um, you know, always always feel free to add or or subtract a little bit. Wolf empathy. What the fuck is wolf empathy? Uh, they communicate with wolves and dire wolves, so they get a plus four racial bonus on charisma checks against wolves and dire wolves. That's really stupid. How many sentences in the monster manual are just like completely worthless garbage? Like you get a plus four charisma bonus against foxes. Like I remember that was like a racial bonus that like Shinji Spell Eater had. It's just like to this day, <laughs> it just was like it? baffles me. No, it was like a plus eight disguised bonus when you were trying to disguise yourself as a as a fox. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Stupid kitsune. I don't know. I regret making a kitsune, but uh, it was funny. No, I don't regret it. It was funny. They were they. They, you know, I, is, I, I found gonna... a stupid feat that lets you eat magic items, and I made a whole character based on that. Shinji Shin, Shin, Shin Spell Eater? And I they, was they would just bad... chew on their fucking magic rod. I was a bad DM in that game, because I remember you came to me and said, hey, can I use the spell? Because there's a racial requirement that I don't meet. And I said, no, you can't. That's the racial requirement. You gotta you gotta respect the sanctity of the, the, the racial requirement on this spell. And it's like, yeah, it you. wasn't a good spell. It wasn't overpowered. It wasn't you know, if you compare it to, you know, Fireball. It, compare every spell to Fireball. If it's better than Fireball, then ban it. But if it's worse than Fireball, then sure, let it in. I don't even remember what that was. I don't even remember that, but... I remember it vividly, because to this day I regret saying you couldn't have that spell and you took Fireball instead and made the game worse. <laughs> oh my goodness. I hate Fireball. Wow, and it doesn't go away. Like you, you get to higher levels. Congratulations, you got cone of fireball, but ice. Cone of fireball, but ice. Like I think that's distinct enough to be its own spell. No, because it falls. It's the exact same spell. It's a area attack that just does shit tons of damage, and it has no further effects. And it's just the meta spell that you use in ninety percent of fights. And it scales better than fireball, except it's probably a fireball probably scales to level twenty in fifth edition. I don't know. Well, that's what metamagic fireball. is for. You get, you get one metamagic for uh, like a plus one level and a plus two level and a plus three level, and then you can combine those to get like a four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. No, you can just uh, cast spells at a higher spell slot to be better. Oh yeah, um, you can do that too. But it sounds like that is stupid because for a third level spell slot you can do eight d six, but for a fourth level spell slot you can do nine d six. Blow me. Yeah. Now let's let's see how that compares to our good old friend Cone of Cold. Not to be confused with Ray of Frost, which sucks. Yeah, fifth level. Oh no, it does scale identically. It's eight d eight at fifth level for Cone of Cold. I guess they just Ray of Frost damage versus Cone Cone of Cold. You versus the guy she tells you not to worry about. Ah, <laughs> uh, Ray of Frost is a is a cantrip now, isn't it? Uh there is a cantrip that's a beam that's cold. It could be Ray yeah, of Frost. Yeah, it's cantrip Ray of Frost. You know, I don't know. I'm split on the idea of just giving wizards a cantrip that they can spam whenever they want. That's just like a, it's just an attack. I think it makes sense because like martial dudes can just whack people as much as they want, you know? Yeah, but like the point of a wizard is that, you know, they blast you and blow you up. And then as the day goes on, their spell slots dwindle. And suddenly the fighter who doesn't require any of that nonsense gets better and better. The problem with that that I've always had is that people say... The wizard's out of spells. We should rest up. And they just keep doing that because they know they're not at fighting capacity. 
So the wizard's just always best. So everyone else should just play wizard because they're all just going to rest up. God, there really is no easy way to make a class that you know, is, is better for a shorter period of time because players will just rest. And yeah, I mean, I... you could put them into the uh, infinitely long siege where you can't rest or the infinitely sprawling dungeon where you can't rest, but like... Yeah. I don't know if I can run a campaign with stakes that high that constantly. Exactly. That's I in in all my extremely good uh, tabletop games that I've designed and absolutely finished that people like and enjoy. <clears throat> um, you know, I don't think you should. I don't think you should have stuff like that. You should either all have exhausting abilities or like don't have that be the thing that your class is based on. You can't have a class based on that. No, I think that they did change it so that like fighters have like once a day abilities that are yeah, basically that, spells. And that's that's so much better because then it's like everyone has the choice to use those when they want to use them. And then you can say, you know, well this person's low, but this person still has some, so you should you should take the point, you know, in the next fight. Cause and then you get a chance to do that and you know, and then when everyone's low enough, they're like, Okay, well now we'll rest up. But everyone gets a, a little bit of a chance to shine. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I've moved away from the dungeon design. But like, I I don't know how to come up with a series of like eight encounters in a row that can deplete resources like that anymore. I'm, I'm too busy that... as a DM being like, hey, this is the murder mystery arc. There's going to be like two combats. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the best thing to do um, that I've learned is time constraint. Um, don't have them on a time constraint all the time, but sometimes it's like we have to do this within two days. Uh, otherwise something very bad will happen. And then, you know, your players are like, okay, so we get one rest break, so the wizard needs to space out, you know, all their spells twice over. over yeah, we were talking about secret societies at some point. Yeah, but actually, I think this is a really good conversation. I don't I don't mind. Um, I think this okay. is good. Plus, we're already at, like, fucking P. Like, how many more do we even have? Jesus. Uh, let me think. What are, what's, the, what's the absolute last one, alphabetically? Uh... uh war bot I don't think that is a secret society could be thank you for listening to this episode of paranoia fight together or die a clone